Hello and welcome to The Best Video Game You've Never Played, the podcast where I, stand-up and improv comedian Lewis Dunn, invite a guest on to play a video game that they have never played. We then sit down and discuss whether or not it is the best video game you have never played. That's right, it's one of these special episodes where I get a returning guest to come back on the show and I recommend a game to them. Now, this week's returning guest is Ed Greenwood, who you might recall from the Black Line episode back in Series 1. If you haven't heard it, highly recommend pausing this going and downloading that and listening to it as it very much sets the tone for this one. This is a very special game to me that we're going to be discussing. It's a game that has lingered in the dark corners of the world of video games. It's 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 almost apocryphal. It's a game that almost should not exist. Uh, but I managed to get Ed to play it. So let's find out what he thought of The Neverhood. Hello, Ed. Welcome back. How are you doing? Hello, Lewis. I'm delighted to be back, especially after what happened last time um, that I was on. Well, last time we discussed a video game that uh, that you know was 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 too good to be true, uh, as it were. It was a video game that uh, many many people uh, actually sent me messages saying, "Where do I get this game?" Which was me a likewise. great way to know who would listen to the end of the show. Yeah, I had loads of people who who came up to me and sort of said, "I'm I'm listening to this episode. This sounds like an amazing game. Who? Where can I get it? I've looked online. I've googled. I've asked other nerdy friends, and it's just nowhere to be found. Um, it and, seems it seems like this is good IP that we should sort of capitalise on one day. We should make this game about. <laughs> I'm not sure how possible it would be to make the video game we described. <laughs> no, but here is the incredible thing: Ed, is that after that, I you know I thought it would be fun to actually bring on a video game that does exist. But I wanted you to play a video game that does exist in a way that seems like it, it it's impossible that this game could exist. I feel like I've given you the video game equivalent of, you know how you hear like urban legends of like, oh, they were going to do like uh, some sort of like, you, you hear you hear stories about cancelled projects, like films starring people in insane roles, like David Schwimmer was originally going to be Will Smith's role in Men in Black. Right. You're like, that's insane. That's something that couldn't ever really actually happen. And I feel like what we have here with this game is one of those projects that you're like, I can't believe this actually happened. It, so, is, it is a truly odd game, um, but I'm sure we'll, we'll go into it in, in great depth. That do you care to introduce the game? Yes, so I have brought along uh, the video game. It's from 1996, exclusive to Windows 95, a near-launch title for Windows 95, a game called The Neverhood. Uh, it is a point-and-click adventure game uh, that is uh, basically it's very simplified there's no inventory you can interact with the only thing you can do really in the game is click on things and the entire game is made out of stop-motion clay animation and when I say the entire game I do actually mean even the cursor you are using is an animated piece of clay that they shot separately and then laid over the top of the game the whole game is made out of claymation now this is this game is insane. The only reason I know about this game's existence was because I got a demo disc with a computer when I was a child, and I booted up the demo, and one of the games to play was The Neverhood, and I clicked on it, and uh, hopefully you got this experience too, Ed. When you start up The Neverhood, one of the first things that happens is there is a title card, 
uh, to say made by the Neverhood Inc. And it does the scariest laugh you have ever heard in your entire life. Well, Lewis, it was even scarier for me because, as, as we may or may not discuss at some point, it is a game that is virtually impossible to get hold of now. And it's obviously, <laughs> you know, it's older than possibly some of your viewers. Um, it is so old that it is almost impossible to, to find and run first time on a modern computer. I had to sit through so many nerdy as balls YouTube videos of people saying, well, first of all, you've got to download these patches and macros, otherwise it simply won't run with Windows 11 or whatever uh, in order to get it. When I first played it, it the, the sort of graphics were fine, but the sound was distorted. So oh, that gosh. opening screech of laughter was <laughs> staccato as well. <laughs> it was like mad going... It was uh, a thing of nightmares. But this is the thing. That that opening terrifying cackle of a laugh, and it's a pure jump scare. It comes directly after the DreamWorks logo. So that's something I should explain as well. This game was the debut game of DreamWorks Interactive. This was Steven Spielberg's DreamWorks trying to get into the world of video games. This was the first game they released. Uh, DreamWorks Interactive does not exist anymore. <laughs> which goes on to, to explain just quite how successful this game was as well. Um, but it, yeah, it, it's like a, a familiar thing from childhood followed by the kind of thing that would startle you awake. It's And I think that kind of sets the tone for the, for the game in many ways. Like, so I don't know if, if we're happy to get into it, to get into, I don't know, the aesthetic, first of all, perhaps. I think a little, a little disclaimer up front, I should say. So, I, The Neverhood is made by The Neverhood Inc., who would only ever go on to make three video games, one of which is The Neverhood, another one which is a sequel to The Neverhood, and then another unrelated game while they were desperately trying to not go bankrupt. They failed to not go bankrupt. Um, it is largely the vision of a guy called Doug Tenaple, who is the um, sort of main creative force on this game. It's, sort of, it's based on sketches he did while he was at art college. Um, he's probably more well known for making the Earthworm Jim series, which was actually quite a big hit in the 90s, was something of the zeitgeist then. However, we should say up front, uh, Doug Tenaple is a horrible person. Um, he has said unambiguously homophobic, transphobic, and generally xenophobic things, all of which are terrible, none of which we condone, none of which we think are okay, and we think his views are appalling. Um, that said... I feel like we can discuss this game largely because, as you've already pointed out, it is impossible to buy this video game. You can't mm. actually in any way exchange money for this game. So us talking about it, us playing it, doesn't in any way benefit him directly. And also, just to say at the top, he's a terrible person and don't don't support Doug Tenaple now, as it were. He is continuing to make things, and I don't uh, think that Doug Tenaple is someone who you should uh, go look up beyond this game, as it were. Um, but a fact for you to know, and hopefully as we go on, uh, one of the things that sort of makes me want to discuss this game is also the game doesn't contain any of his horrible views. It is a, an unrelated piece of work to his views, if you like. I would go further than that and say it is detached from humanity in many ways. <laughs> um, as may you argue about his own particular philosophies um yeah I, i'm here here i think it's it's perfectly fine for us to talk about this on the proviso that we say he's a horrible man and also like don't don't fund it um you can acquire this game if you really want to without funding him 
Um, <laughs> let's leave it as vague and nebulous as that. Yes, yeah. But as you say, it's a, it's a nightmare to get running on modern machines. Um, even though I recommended it to you, I too spent hours figuring out how to get this thing going. And one of the worst parts about it is, is that even, usually when you boot up an old video game, if you can get it running, what you tend to find is that you can get it running really, really well. Like, you can put the graphics up to a maximum setting, you can get it to a full resolution, you can get it running, like, at a really high frame rate, all these things. The way that the Neverhood has been made means that it doesn't matter how good your computer is, it's always going to look like it does. Like, bizarrely grainy, the sound is always going to sound a bit weird and off. And that's because they made this, they made this game using stop-motion animation, using commercial-grade camcorders. So it's not just that they use stop-motion animation, it's also that they used really cheap equipment to make the stop-motion animation. It's, which it's so is... odd, because I, I, I don't know about you, when I first uploaded the game, I kind of didn't want to play it first. What I wanted to do is, it, it shows you a landing screen, and one of the options that's very prominent is basically a um, behind-the-scenes making of documentary right mm. where they sort of say this is how the neverhood like was this was the genesis of it this was the development of it this is the team and the different characters the the quirky people behind different things and it was really fascinating but what it made it, it very clear to me was this is a very self-consciously arty project um you know it was as you said it was from ideas from this monster's time at art school and it sort of got the impression that this was somebody who had a, an art project and just couldn't let it go, just couldn't let it stop. <laughs> and they were like, "Yeah, I'll build, I'll build my life on this." And it it is aesthetically very distinct. I think there's a nostalgia element. I mean, when I was looking through the YouTube videos to find out how to get the bloody thing going, there were so many comments from people sort of saying, "I remember sitting on my ma's lap while she played this on her <laughs> Windows 98 and just." going, well, okay, so this has a bit of a nostalgia element for people that remember it at the time. But I'd say, as well as that zeitgeisty thing, there's very much, a, it feels so 90s. Um, mm. It reminds me very much of, I don't know if you remember this, but there was a, um, a children's television program in the 90s called Trapdoor, which was a sort of, you know, for, oh, for children, spooky yeah. kind of like, Trapdoor, there's something down there. Um, for anyone who's heard it, that should take you right back. Um, and it was claymation and kind of ooky spooky for kids. And it had a, has a very similar vibe. So as you say, it's all claymation. And they literally built the world. So Neverhood is a small sort of a neighborhood of, I'm going to say, islands floating in space that are connected to each other. And yes, yeah. it's, it's a whole universe. We'll probably go into the... the completely unnecessary vastness of the backstory of this universe at some later yes. point um but it's they crafted all of that land out of clay and there's there's footage of them doing this in the documentary and i mean if you haven't seen it maybe look up some pictures of it now but if you can't then think sort of tim burton you know we're talking spirals and strange combinations of colors it's kind of expressionist think you know the sort of shapes that you'd associate with cabinet of dr caligari or other sort of like yes. 1930s german expressionist you know horror films what, what i would say is if you're like picturing like a tim burton-esque like landscape um imagine that but it's it's about 
about 40% as good as your mind's eye is making that look. It's bizarrely low-rent parts of the game. Like, this game is simultaneously an enormous artistic undertaking to make a video game out of stop-motion animation. And also has a pretty messy aesthetic. Like, it's not... Hugely consistent. It sort of reminds me of something I heard Noel Fielding say about when The Mighty Boosh were picked up by um, BBC for television and the costume department made them gorgeous, gorgeous, perfect, immaculate costumes. And he was like, we can't, we can't film these. We need to like add some gaffer tape and tear some bits up and put some stains (laughs) on them. It felt like that, but not deliberate. It felt a bit... That's the thing. A little bit... A little bit shoddy, and it's hard to say whether that's just because they were doing something new, and it was it was always going to be difficult, or whether it was just it, there is a sort of carelessness to it. I think a lot of love and a lot of um, you know artistic pride was put into it. It's aesthetically very very striking, and you know they they throw every possible opportunity to show you how artistic they are. Like the cred- there's a credit <laughs> sequence to the film. <laughs> the film well that's how they see it um and we'll go into the narrative presumably later but but they... i want i want to hit on a key factor here about mm. this shoddiness which is that i think that if this game was like pristine and clean and worked perfectly i would not care about it i think that the game's aesthetic is actually massively improved by the fact that its shoddiness makes it really I think I think unlike unconsciously that's not what I mean it may unwittingly it is mm. unwittingly really unnerving this game and that's why I like it well it really I think there is something okay allow me to be an English literature graduate complete arsehole no please for a do minute. yeah but the word that I would use to describe it is Freudian. it's the unheimlich it's that so unheimlich in the sense of homely but also kind of unhomely something that's familiar and strange it has a nostalgia to it you know like trapdoor like aardman animations it's got that claymation coziness to it but also there's a lot in it that's really unsettling in many Mm. different ways there are things that are unsettling so there are there are moments when you know it's a point and click platform you and you've you've got a quite blasé character who sort of strolls around not really thinking that much about things and he's quite happy in a left to right (laughs) third person uh, and there's a lot of jaunty. Uh, what I will say is, I quite like the music. There's um, they've Music's got a particular incredible. musician on it who does a lot of sort of like yodely, folky kind of nonsense, which really, you know, you can tell this is the sort of production company that you know would be associated with a children's television thing because it's totally <laughs> like like it's really it's, like fun. It's uh, that, but then also sometimes it's just him yelling. Yeah, it is sometimes just that. Um, and so it's, it's got that kind of, you know, quite fun, cosy, even even I'd say a bit um, almost almost boringly tame. And then what will happen is <laughs> you'll cut to first person, the landscape's in front of you, and it yeah. goes silent. There is no fucking soundtrack whatsoever, apart from the haunting howl of a distant wind and occasionally yeah. like that... That you think is that a rattlesnake? Is that somebody sinisterly playing the castanets just out of sight? It's really spooky. Um, it's incredibly spooky, but it's also one of the things that's so. One of the things I really loved about this game as a kid is that the start of the game, you wake up in a room and that's it. There's there's no there's no preamble to this game at all. You wake up and the game starts, 
And so you and the character are on completely the same level in terms of knowing what the, what the hell is going on. Yeah, and as it will turn out, like, spoilers, but he is a newborn babe. He has yeah. never existed before in the same way that you've never played this game before. You are both complete tabula rasa on this. And then, like, the first thing you do in the first room is there's a, there's a small puzzle involving a large hammer that you need to knock down a door. And then y- you go into the next room, and, like, the first thing that happens when you go into the next room is you get eaten by a monster. Yeah. And you, and there's, <laughs> and you there's... get spat out, and it's fine, and you go, okay, I'm fine. Then you go over to a door to try and open it. You click on the door, and it punches you in the face. And so, so there's a lot of cartoonish have... violence in it, which is quite. I mean, I there was some humour in this. There was there's a lot of sort of childish cartoonish violence, which is great. You know, he gets chased by a couple of monsters at different times. He gets hit by a hammer. There's uh, there's a bit where a monster explodes and its arm flies off, and then we cut away to a little critter who's looking kind of sad. The arm lands next to the critter, and the critter like beams and pulls out a knife and a fork and licks their chops and it's like you know just genuinely joyful cartoonish nonsense but then there's also an element where that childish cartoonishness turns into something quite sinister it reminds me a bit of alice in wonderland as well again to yeah. be an english literature student about this where there's there's a there's a kind of joke moment where you think that what you need to do is pull down a um a kind of like a flush chain um or light switch cord oh my gosh, from the ceiling this moment. And then a trap door opens and an enormous Kafka-esque, like, slimy bug lands on your head, crawls all over you, covering you in slime um, in a truly terrifying cut sequence. And then it disappears again. And it's just like, it's just a joke. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't change the gameplay. It doesn't change the plot. It's just a little thing they did in there to just, scare you, to make you feel just, unsettled. Yeah. It's just a horrible trick. Yeah. And I feel like this is what makes the Neverhood really fascinating to me, is that what you learn is, like, the world can't really hurt you. Like, if you get punched in the face or eaten by a monster, you get spat out or you get up. Like, there's no health bar, there's no game over. It's just that, basically, the world is horrible to you. The, like, nine times out of ten in this game, the most obvious course of action, like, the thing that you think you should be doing, probably hurts Clayman. It probably gets him, like, punched in the face, eaten, has a bug land on his head. I mean, half the time, most of the things you're trying to, like, interact with don't work. Yeah. They don't They don't make sense. I mean, in terms of, I suppose, moving off from that aesthetic for a little bit and into the into that gameplay, the, it, it, there are, there's a lot of stuff that is not intuitive. And it's one of those worlds, because it's been so sort of lovingly made and everything is real, it's not like there's a background matting. Of, of animation and then they've superimposed the bits that you are supposed to interact with like in some digital mm. games everything is really there but the problem is it's sometimes hard to know what you're meant to interact with and how and it can be quite it can be quite annoying especially because it's so point and click <laughs> and puzzle based and you can't move very fast and you have to walk backwards and forwards quite slowly over this you know it's not a vast terrain but no but it's it's i think it's quite i think extensive. It, it, well, the thing that it crucially is that if you want to, so when you're in the when you're in the two D plane and it's just you looking at little the little Clayman character on screen and like interacting and clicking with things, odds are you're going to move between maybe two or three rooms, mostly for these puzzles. Yeah, and it's just like you're trying to figure out what to do, and that's that's a whole thing into itself that we'll get to later about what what does this game want you to do. Um, but it's mostly when you're traveling in the first person perspective. 
because ultimately what you're doing is you're saying okay go forwards and then you have to watch a short video of him go of like in a first person perspective you say going forwards to the next like junction yeah and then you have to turn right or turn left and then watch the video function of him going forward again and the thing is like the first time this happens it works because as you say it's also really unsettling because you're not even sure if like am i going to go forwards and be killed am i going to go forwards and something's going to jump out and scream at me like it's really unsettling it's when you're doing going back through the same area for the third or fourth time and it's playing this video at you again. You're like, can I just tell the game I want to go to this yeah. room, please? Because and I've had enough. Later on, there it does introduce some... There's a teleporter kind of thing that you can get into, which will take you to some places, which is yes, but, very well. But largely, largely that's happened because they haven't joined up the world properly. So yeah. you have to use a teleporter yeah, to get to places. There's actually a way to connect some of this stuff so it may as well be a completely different island or whatever it, it's it is sometimes considering it's called the neverhood which by the way is supposedly like to do with the neighborhood this again this was this guy's art project and he was sort of like what if it's mm. the neighborhood but what if it's edgier um, <laughs> I, yeah, but this I game him. is like <laughs> it's not edgy no it's terrifying it's unnerving it's otherworldly but it's not edgy no, it's, it's not probably edgy the least edgy game i've ever played it like one of the one of the sort of strangest moments in the game is it has an obsession with like a recurring burp joke like yeah there's a lot of burping there's a lot of splatting there's a lot of vomiting um there's a lot of oh, yeah there of, it's not quite scatological but certainly quite um body horror sort of um you know humor and mm. uh, you know it tries to gross you out in a few places there's a fair amount of like people being eaten and spat out or um there's there's a scene there's a scene where there are some sort of strange surreal blue eyeless lamb creatures that yes. you, you end up crushing one of them and it splats everywhere and then the other lambs sort of are, are looking on stoically and one of them just turns to the right and just vomits <laughs> having watched his brother is- get splatted and if you're like me and you're not following a guide particularly well, I viewed that cutscene like four oh times. Oh my god, so many times. <laughs> because you have to go backwards and forwards so much, and it, it makes yeah. you. I think. I think so. It's a point and click. It's it's entirely puzzles based, right? There's no, in a way, what's quite good considering the the fact that there's you know it's all filmed and it's all mm. really really clay that they've really filmed there's no like immediacy to do oh jump 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 there's no um sort of real time uh sort of speed dexterity based skill at all it's it's really mm. just try this puzzle oh no you've done it wrong um and sometimes that can be a bit underwhelming so some of the puzzles are very basic they're puzzles that you would know from from the outside world like you know the, the, the kind of jigsaw puzzle where you have to slide things around there's one piece missing and you get to slide things around there's one of those yeah. there's an interminable game of uh, pairs where you've got a big um, table of you know turned upside down tiles you can turn yeah. over two at a time um you've got to find the pairs if you fail to turn over a pair every single time it just wipes the entire board so basically yeah, it wipes it, our board. it's not even a memory game because it would be impossible you end up having to basically just either take photos of your screen or just write it out on a big pad and just like, the best part about it. that puzzle the best part about that puzzle which i forgot because obviously I, I replayed it recently for the sake of doing this podcast and i remember playing it 
not 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 too long ago, like a few years ago. Certainly, as a kid, I only ever the demo. It wasn't until I was an adult that I figured out how to to reacquire the game and actually play the whole thing. But you find out that doing the matching pair puzzle doesn't actually solve anything in the game. You just need to know everything on the tiles in order to solve a different puzzle somewhere else that has seemingly nothing to do with what you're doing right now. And so there's nothing more upsetting than thinking that you finished a puzzle and discovering that you've you've not you're halfway. Yeah. Like I I think there's that there, I full disclosure Lewis, I had to use a walkthrough. I had to use two yeah. walkthroughs actually. I yeah. used a text-based one that sort of explained what was happening and a video one to show what where it all was. So some of the puzzles are as I say really really simple, but some of them are completely byzantine and unfair like there's one there's a couple where you need to like um you know you're presented with pipettes and three colored liquids and you need to get the right combination of the different colored liquids to again very alice in wonderland to make you shrink or to make you reduce in size yes yeah now with some of those like there's a couple of them together in a particular annoying sequence of rooms that you have to traverse time and time and time again um (laughs) Some of them are quite simple because, you know, you're in the room where the uh, where, where these oh, pipettes yes. are yeah, and, and, there's, and there's some test tubes in the background which have those colours in the right proportion. Fine. One of them, the test tubes that show you the colours in the right proportion isn't in the room where the pipettes are. It's not no, even it's in not. the world where the pipettes are. It's no. not even something that you would necessarily have to see and walk past. It's hidden as a piece of flat wall like you'd you'd assume it was just like in there for texture um it's on (laughs) on a completely pointless section where you have to go into you don't even have to do this it's just there to annoy you um you get into a little kind of i kind of want to say like a little car wagon thing that allows you to sort of climb up some grooves of a a maze of grooves in a cliff face now it's like a like a bumper car on a monorail style like track almost yeah exactly it is it's like a yeah it's like a, a monorail on track only it's it's vertical uh, as a kind of a maze a labyrinth along a cliff face uh, up and across it um and it, it branches out and every single path on it is a dead end you don't go anywhere you don't achieve anything by going along all of this except on <laughs> no, one of the you... paths there's the uh, if you if you weren't so frustrated that you were going to smash the thing to pieces you yeah. might notice that there are three uh, colored test tubes yeah yeah you would yeah now i hate to tell you this but i i just as big when i was replaying it i i got reminded that i needed to go on that car because it's not even particularly easy to find that car um and then i went round on all the walls and stuff and i too went around going everything's a dead end everything's a dead end oh there's some pipettes there i'll write down the colors on that okay moving on yeah but no so my brain person. had like no normal memorized person. this is also that bit with the, the with where the wall is is way 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 before the um you know the pipettes puzzle Yes, so there's no they're, they're, near, they're nearish each other. But there's no reason on earth why you would learn that and write that down until you've got to the pipettes bit. And, See, and, then, the... and then if you remembered, you could go back. But... See, this is the thing. Now, I would argue... Well, we've, we've not even said this, actually, about the car. The car is the worst thing in the world to manoeuvre because oh, it's a point-and-click oh, game. God. But you can't just say, like, oh, go here. You have to, like... 
not exactly drag it, but like click a little bit in front of it over and over again yeah, to get it to no, actually go the direction you want. I will say, as a virtually non-driver, the handling is very poor, I would say. <laughs> it's horrible. And it doesn't um, and, move and again, particularly fast. Pointless. Like, it doesn't achieve anything. I, d- I think they added it to kind of mix it up it's, a bit, but... It's to hide, it's to hide that pipette. It's to hide the colour values. It's to make it so you have to go and explore. They they put some things on there that are, like, lore-relevant. So there are things on there, like, there's a, there's a plaque to the Cannon Monument. And I think you can go and look inside the house of another character who's living on the Neverhood. Yeah, you um, can you can look in. Um, is it a? He's got a stupid name. It's uh, Willie Trombone. <laughs> My name is Wheelie. Um, they they really have fun with the voice acting in this. Again, very childish, yes. cartoonish. Yeah, and again, not not exactly great. No. Uh, <laughs> but this is the thing. So the gameplay. So like, you're giving me some example there. That that puzzle is like I would argue just a bad bit of design. Which is obviously like you know, as you say, they're trying to they're trying to space things out. They have to sort of hide things around the environment because they can't just act openly tell you what to do. Otherwise, there's no game. But their solution yeah. is just awful. Um, that's not the worst puzzle in the game, not by a long shot. I don't think there's another puzzle in the game where in one side of the map you have to write down a series of symbols in an order, go to the other oh side of a map, God. and then very slowly input those on like a rotating timed thing. Really boring. Really hard Jesus to do. Christ. Has an arbitrary thing about one of them making a noise, and now, that's how this, you time this it. was the thing where I had to use two different motherfucking <laughs> walkthroughs. Because, right, so imagine, if you will, there's a, a, a viewing portal, which is completely unexplained early in the game, that you look through, and it presents you with a series of arbitrary symbols. They, yeah. th- there are several sets of different arbitrary symbols throughout the game. Um, some of them are sort of uh, like you could say figurative. Like there's there's ones where you end up saying, I think that's a that's a picture of a man with a crown. That's a picture of a, a tree stump. Um, that's a picture of a tree. And some of them are like that's just a line. That's a squiggle. That's just yeah. two lines, which is confusing when when some of the symbols are just a line and then you present it with two lines. Is you say two, lines. two symbols? Is that a different symbol? Anyway, so you get given a sequence of that, and then you have to input that later. One of the annoying very things, slowly, really badly. Oh, very slowly, very badly. You don't you don't input it. You wait for it to come up on a on a yeah, and then you basis. have to press the button to move on to the next one. And if you mess up the whole sequence, you have to do the whole thing again. Now I did, and I did, I did that three or four times before going something is wrong here. And then I found out that while you're listening to these arbitrary sound effects that are being made, mostly like. and things like that while you're slowly waiting for these symbols to churn through there's one specific sound effect called that goes like now when that happens over the symbol that you're listening to obviously lewis obviously you should disregard that symbol and then when you (laughs) see that symbol years later in another part of the game (laughs) you should remember that noise, and then you should input not that symbol, but the next symbol to appear in this realm that goes. Yeah, it was. It would have been actually basically impossible for any reasonable human being to have figured this out. I would say. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's 
That, I think, is the worst actual puzzle in the game. That's the worst, like, thing they expect you to do that they, that, like, someone on the design side is like, well, of course this is a reasonable thing to ask the player to do. Of course this makes sense. If they were um, next to each other, it would have been okay, right? If they were next yeah. to each other, you could have been like, oh, maybe let's try this, try this, try this, try this. No, they are in completely different worlds. To go backwards yeah. and forwards between them, I think you need to go through the mix this combination of drinks to, to zoom up and this combination of drinks to shrink down again. Like, Yeah, get to the teleporter, go through the teleporter. And slide down the, the twizzly house. Twizzly house, watch that full cutscene again. Watch the whole yeah. full cutscene of the sheep vomiting. And like, what? as I say this, it sounds funny because what it does, Lewis, is it is trolling us. That is what yeah. I've become convinced that the game does, is it trolls us. There's there's a sequence. So basically, to get, it, to right. get to the end of the game, you need to. Um, you don't know this, by the way. You, there's yeah, no, there's no you. mission. You're just wandering around, right? There's no urgency. You're just wandering around, and then by the time you find out what's going on, the game is basically over. But you're wandering around. You've got to pick up um, little cartridges. I'm, I'm basically going to say floppy disks because that's really what yeah. it is. Um, and they tell you the story of the Neverhood in a kind of sequential order, depending on when you pick up which floppy disk. Um, so in order to get one of these, without which you cannot finish the game, nope. you need to enter a, a tunnel uh, called the Hall of Records. Yep, and the Hall of Records can be, I think, like the first area you find after leaving what is essentially the tutorial. Yeah, once you're out of the bedroom, then you could immediately be in the Hall of Records. And basically, you it's a two-dimensional, you're, you're back in the third person, and it's very, very two-dimensional. It's a corridor, like Scooby-Doo, you just keep walking to the right, okay? And, you know, in the first section that you go into, it sort of does a kind of a genesis. Like, it's like, a, oh, you know, in the beginning there was this... Um, God or whatever, and you go, oh, okay, yes. interesting. And there's a paragraph. It's a manageable paragraph. Then there's a second paragraph next to it, the different heading, which is about um, what happened next. And you go, okay, great. Then you go into the next room, and you go, oh, your heart sort of heart falls a little bit because now instead of two <laughs> easy paragraphs, there's like four enormous paragraphs on the wall that you can sit down and read. And you might do, and you kind of go, okay, this is all getting a bit like this is all getting a bit Kings too. It's all very like dreary and it's it seems they're introducing a lot of names that you're not sure whether you're meant to remember and then you yes, go to the next section and then very the much next... reads like the bible i mean it is very much a parody of the bible only not like what it reminded me of in places was the bible according to spike milligan but without the jokes yes. it just wasn't <laughs> it just wasn't that funny um you know you could see what they were doing they did a noah parallel they do a satan yeah. uh, they do a fall of adam they do, uh, they do uh, like a, you know, sections in the Old Testament kings where it, where you've got, you know, the tribes of Israel fighting each other, or you know. Uh, yeah, in this the, kids game, there's the a parody of the tribes of Israel fighting. Oh my god! And it just goes on and on, and you have to, you have to walk all the way along it, past section after section after section after section. You don't have to read it, by the way. All of this is completely irrelevant. Nothing to do with your gameplay. Nothing whatsoever. 
but it's all there. It's all real text that you can go and you can go away. You can read it. They've got a document of it. But you just got to keep walking and 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 walking. Are you bored yet? Are you walking, 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 walking? And then you get to the end of the corridor, and there's your floppy disk on the floor. You pick it up. Now, if this was just here's your opportunity to read a lot of backstory, here's your floppy disk, and here's the exit. That yeah. would have been okay. There isn't an exit at the end. No, there you isn't. You have to walk the whole way back. <laughs> and when I looked at the YouTube video, that was the walkthrough, the, the you know, yeah. no, no, you know, all fat trimmed walkthrough. 20% of the game was walking along the corridor yes. and walking yeah. back to pick up yeah. that one fucking it, floppy disk. It takes, someone has timed it, it takes 10 minutes to walk either way. Yeah. And the only interaction, and that's if you're not stopping to read the text. If you're just walking to the end of the corridor, clicking on the right every time the game lets you, hitting it the optimal amount of times, like not just frantically clicking the whole time, that won't work. No. You have to wait for the next screen to load, then click. And it's not like, it's because you're not moving them in real time, remember. It's point and click, so you're not, you can't just hold the left button or hold the right button. No, you can't. You can't be a Homer Simpson and just sort of put a rock on the left and go and have a have a beer with your friends. No, you've got to be sat there pointing and clicking and pointing and clicking. It, now, it, so that, for me, is the epitome of it is trolling. Yeah, it is a joke on your behalf. And like, it, and this is the thing, is that when it happens to you, you can't, you can't believe it. You can't believe that the video game has asked you to do this. And what I find even more... What I find right, so I I'm gonna I'm gonna let you know now. I love this joke. This is one of my favourite jokes in any video game ever because it's a perfect example of like they have completely pranked you. There is nothing you can do to get around this moment. There's no cheat code. There's no like way you can optimize what you're doing regarding it. And the the thing that I find even better about it is it's not it's not completely cheap on their part because every single screen has more text and every single screen continues this bible parody this but thing is not that so that bible parody is so masturbatory and so self-congratulatory like oh we've created a universe and we filled it it's like it's no, like that's the, it's like if that's terry the... pratchett had 40 fewer iq points it's like it's really <laughs> heinously dull and heinously boring in places like i sat down during my furlough time and i read the bible last year um cover to cover um just just because i thought you know it's something to do while you're on furlough i'm what am i going to do learn japanese now i'll read the bible and my god like it is not much more boring than the bible and this is trying to be (laughs) funny and when you say this is a prank right i don't think that you and i think a prank is the same thing because i think that a prank is where you basically set a trap right and yep. you basically you're laughing at somebody for being stupid because they have fallen for your trap and they didn't have to. You could put a whoopee cushion down on a chair and they could go, yeah, I'm not sitting on that. Or you could or they could just miss it and you'd be like, oh, oh dear. Or a prank could be where you sort of, say, you know, you say, oh, you know, if you want to be really brutal, like, oh, you know, uh, your, uh, your mum's dead. And then they get sad and then you laugh at them and you go, oh, she's not dead. You fell for it, you stupid idiot. Whereas this is not something that you fall for. It's something you just have to do. This isn't a prank. This is admin. 
No, but this is this to my mind is what makes it an excellent prank. This is to my mind why I why I think this is to me the prank is not the forty screens walking there as it. I know this is going to sound bizarre. To me, the forty screens walking there as you walk past the entire Bible is like. I think it's so. To my mind, this this is one of the things that's really stuck with me. It's incredibly like memorable as anything that's ever happened to me in a video game. Like I can't. I I. I love that this is it's for some reason memorable because it constitutes a significant percentage of your <laughs> lived experience. Lewis. But it's, but it's like it's up there with your time at university. They, they, they know, they know that this is ridiculous. They know for a fact to make you walk through forty screens past all this text. It's not easy to read the text either. Like to read the text, you have to click it, and then he turns to face it, oh. and then you can read one column of it. Yeah. And then you have to click out and go to the next column. So if, if you were to ever actually read the text of this game inside of the game, it would it could take you a whole day because of how long it would take to actually read it. So they know they they know it's unreasonable. They know it's a a, a ridiculous, stupid thing to do. So it's definitely intentional. This is not a failure of design. This is something they know that they've done. I know it's intentional. I'm just saying it's not a good. It's not a good prank. If you got to the end, no, but no, but Ed, the prank. If... The prank is not. The prank is not walking past all the text. The prank is making you walk back. The, I, the joke, think, the, the amazing punchline to walking to the right f- for ten minutes oh, is picking me. up the one object you need to finish the game. And it doesn't, it doesn't, this is an object you can leave until the very, very end of the game to get. It's not something that helps you progress, as it were. You no. don't need to do the hall. The hall of records could be the last thing you do in this video game, more or less. So, Except it won't be, because you'll have been stumped by so many of the other pointless, completely <laughs> impossible puzzles that you'll have walked to the hall of records at least once just to see whether there's anything that can help you. And the answer is no, there but, isn't. There's nothing that can help you there. I, I think there is. We, there's there's one tiny tape. Problem between us, you and I, of what constitutes a prank. I think if you got to the end and there wasn't a disc and you had to walk back, that would be a prank. You didn't have to go through it. You didn't have to do it, but you did it. You idiot. That's a prank. <laughs> you have to go there. You have to do it. So this yeah, is just you have to. unavoidable admin. This is a task. It, this, is, this is just like work and it's is horrible if you got to the I end mean, and there was and there was the um and there was the disc but there was like a simple like ladder and you were in a different section of the game that was like oh i could have just gone down this ladder the whole time that would be a prank but anyway i think you and i have a different philosophy obviously yes, yeah. you're welcome to to disbar my philosophy of a prank because i apparently think it's funny to tell somebody their mum's dead when she's <laughs> I think I think to my mind it's it it really reflects so the this is the thing that I find really fascinating about the neverhood is that I feel like the people making it the sense of humor of the people making it they like burps and they like you know the, there's a sequence one of my like a, a sequence that's burned into my mind in terms of like how much it scared me as a child is there's a sequence called the weasel chase where you you, you're, you're just moving about through the environment, the terrifying, desolate, musicless environment. Nothing else is alive. No one else is around. You don't know what's going on. Oh, out yeah. Anywhere you look into the sky is an eternal abyss that goes nowhere. It's the most unnerving atmosphere in any game I've ever played. And then you come across a music box, like a little jack-in-the-box. It's like if you ever and watched so, a horror film, don't do what you're yeah. about to do. 
Yeah, and like you don't, and, and even then, it's I'm saying like you come across it like you, the player, interact with it. Not really. You just move the character forward, and he finds it, and he picks it up, and it it starts playing Pop Goes the Weasel. And he's like, oh, this is fun. And he plays Pop Goes the Weasel on the box, and then it stops playing the music, and he goes, oh, why is it not working? Because it's, it's it leaves on that kind of diminished seventh. It's like you yeah. just complete the melody. It goes Pop Goes the, and you're like, oh, oh no. We're left hanging, and there's a tension, and he shakes the box a little bit. He looks he looks a bit sad. And then through the wall behind him bursts an enormous, nightmarish, huge, green, semi-spider, semi-cactus monster that screams at him. And then the game sort of jovially plays the end of Pop Goes Away. He goes, do, 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 do. And I'm like, you don't... That's not... You don't know how scary the thing you've done is. This is... I am... I am terrified. And then there's like a comedic sort of like Looney Tunes style chase sequence in which he like runs into a wall, opens oh, a door, runs into the door. It's da, da, very, da. very slapstick. There's a lot of like, oh, looking under the tree, looking over the tree. A bit of, yeah. um, you know, yeah, as you say, so, you know, running, um, but looking behind him and just running straight into the wall and going, wah, 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 and like becoming and flat. There's a bit where he, um, where he... Is he, he eats something and and has to and spits it out like it's so cartoonish that it yeah feels funny if it wasn't so terrifying. Yeah, this is the thing is that I'm watching this this and it's like it's not it's not Ardman quality animation. It's got like half the frames of animation that they would use. So like he's moving jerkily and suddenly like half teleporting across certain sections of it and. Like, the monster's movements are really unnatural because it's a piece of... You can... Like, the, the illusion of animation barely works and during these sequences. Like, they're not, yeah. but they're not spectacular again, animators. That kind of adds to that sort of surreal, dreamlike quality of sort of, like, fractured images and fractured movement and, and kind of a fractured... Um, like, it, it makes your brain work more slowly, I find. It kind of slows your brain down in, a, in that kind of limbic way <laughs> and it sort of really taps into something very like spinal column sort of primitive shrew brain in you that you know talking about it now consciously in the cold light of day seems mad but when you're playing the game it sort of does something to your brain that makes you regress into a kind of primitive scared child yeah, yeah i feel vulnerable when i play this game I, I, I am scared to go... Like, I've finished the game, so I know basically where all of the things are and what happens and so on. But I remember the first time playing, I'm like, this. I, I, I'm scared to go into the next room because something might jump out. Yeah, because I mean, some things do. awful, terrifying thing will just... Like, I forgot that when you mentioned it earlier, the bug gag of pulling the lever and then the bug comes out of the ceiling and slimes all over you and runs off back into the ceiling. I completely forgot that happened. And when it happened, I just went, oh no, oh god, oh, oh, okay. Oh, nothing happened. All right, move on. Okay, do I need to pick up that? Well, it's just... Yeah, it's, it is really quite unsettling. Um, even though, as you say, you know, you don't... There's no real-time reactions, you know. If you can jump all you like. It won't help you. Um, there's no... Uh, you, but also, it won't hurt you, you know. There's no health bar. You don't die or anything. Um, you know, it, in some ways, it's an incredibly safe and tame game that you could argue is perfectly suitable for children. But I, yeah. I feel like if you gave your child it, then maybe we should call the social services because it's <laughs> quite damaging. But this is the thing that I find really interesting that I was sort of trying to relate to earlier 
and it sort of relates to that hall of records we'll call it a gag even if you don't think it's a prank it's, it's it a meant gag. to be a yeah. joke it's meant to be funny the sense of humor of the people making this is more sadistic than they realize they don't know or maybe they don't care how mean they're being to the player like everything every joke in this game is basically to cause you harm and every like moment that happens in this game that's like a spontaneous like joke is you're either getting hurt you're losing something it's on like it's a joke where the player is the butt of the joke because like haha you walk to the end of the 10 minute corridor now walk back like it's just it's The game thinks it's like a Looney Tunes cartoon and it's like fun and whimsical and like Alice in Wonderland is a really good example of like a comparative point because Mm. it's like, oh, it's the logic's twisted. Nothing makes sense in quite the way you think it does. But in Alice in Wonderland, it's not like Alice like goes over to a flower and then the flower bites her nose off and then her nose grows back and it's fine. But I'm sat there going, that's the scariest thing I've ever seen. I mean, I will say there are some scary things in Alice in Wonderland, which I think it, it, it does tap into that sort of like, some, something you didn't know you were afraid of is what I would describe <laughs> it as. Like there's a sequence in Alice in Wonderland where a pig turns into uh, a baby turns into a pig, and that's quite unsettling. And I didn't know I'd be afraid of that until I read that section in Alice in Wonderland. But I um, feel like the, the equivalent in the Neverhood is that you would go up to a baby, it would turn into a pig, and then the pig would vomit all over you in a really like visceral way, and yeah. then it would fall into the floor, and you'd never see it again. And you wouldn't know why. Yeah, there's a whole load of... There's a whole cast of ancillary characters and and little kind of figures that run out only to make you jump and and cause you pain. So there's a section <laughs> that... And it doesn't matter how many times you go backwards and forwards and re-enter this room. You always enter the room looking in the wrong direction and you fall down a hole, which is inexplicably yes. in the floor in front of you. And you always grip it with the tips of your fingers and then... A door which doesn't exist before, it materialises, uh, it opens, and this little like little foot-high little gobbin comes out. And yeah, it and he's just, he's just a little purple tic-tac. He's got almost no detail on no, him. No features whatsoever, in a way which is quite scary, because it's like this is a, a fee- unreadable critter. Yeah. It kind of does a little sort of, I almost want to say like wind up monkey, walk towards you, you know, sort of slightly perambulatory, quite frigid movements as if, is, 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 it, is this a preset path that it is, is yeah. it used to doing this? And then it pulls out from nowhere, again, very Looney Tunes, a cartoon hammer, which is bigger than itself and twats you on the head so that you plummet through the hole. That's the only way to go from A to B in this game. Um, yeah, and that character every single dis- time. achieves nothing, does nothing else. It's just there as a kind of like a kind of, I don't know, like slightly unsettling joke. But this is the thing is that so the experience of the player who just goes through the neverhood and do, like in, very specifically does not read any of the Hall of Records. The game is just there. As you say, there is no objective. There is no way to understand what's going on apart from picking up those cartridges and cassettes and putting them into the video player and then watching whatever section of the video you have unlocked. You slowly get told the story of how you got here and why you're here, which is ultimately it's it's a pure ripoff of like Garden of Eden stuff. Basically, there's a godlike character. He creates uh, someone to live in this terrifying world he's built for some reason uh, to live with him. They turn on him, and as a result, the right now the world of the Neverhood is being ruled over by a malicious idiot. Um, 
Who doesn't clog. appear? Doesn't doesn't like interfere with he you? Does, he does. He does appear quite early as just some eyes and a frown. Yeah, but he doesn't. He's not like a malevolent force that's trying to stop you. In fact, it turns out that he's kind of happy that you turn up at the end. Um, it, it it's weird. It because he kind of adds to that unsettling, you know, feeling atmosphere. Yeah. But there isn't really a protagonist in in you know when you're playing the game. You know, you you've not been set the mission kill the evil guy and save the godhead who has been frozen in time yeah. um, because you may not even learn that that's the case until you've collected all the bloody cartridges by which point you're in the house you're well, in which his point house where is he the, is yeah so that's it's the it. end of the game and then, yeah then it's game over uh, and the game can end in one of two ways um, actually the, there is a third ending and i want to know if you found it oh shit no I only know okay. the, I only know the two endings where basically well, you, just, you get yeah. given. A, are we allowed to spoil this? Should we spoil this? I think we can because I first of all, if you're playing the Neverhood for the story, don't. It doesn't. Oh, yeah. no, it's not. It's not a particularly worthy story. No. It's like aesthetically fascinating, and like I think if you if you go and look at images of the Neverhood and you're curious, I would I would recommend actually go play it. Play it with a guide. For the love of crikey, do not play this game without a guide. It it's is, not it, fun. It's not fun. It's not fun. Game. It's impossible. It will waste your time in ways that are unimaginable. Even even down the path of best intent, as we've said, it still wastes your time. Yeah. But yeah, there's two endings. Yes. Uh, as you said. So the good and the bad ending. Yeah, so there's okay, sorry, I was I was I was waiting. Um there are there are two endings. Basically, you come you come into a room where conveniently the villain is, the godhead is frozen in time, and the crown, the MacGuffin, um, that gives the power to whether it's the godhead or to the villain to be in charge of the neverhood. And mm. the villain gives you the crown and says um, you know, yep, I want you to I want you to rule the neverhood. All you have to do is put on this crown. And you have two options, click on your own head or click on the godhead head. And uh, you know, you don't need to be a genius to figure out if you put it on your own head, then oh no, you know, you've basically eaten of the apple of sin. Uh, the evil yeah. guy goes, ha ha, you fell for it. And that's the end of the game. And then you have to see yeah. through the credits. Well, that's actually better than that. He says, he bought it. He actually bought it. And then you go, shut up, punch him in the face. And then you're like, why did the villain want this? Oh, but the point is, you, yeah, you, you only say shut up and punch him in the face because you've turned into a version of him, a corrupted yes, clay yeah. man. Uh, and the other version, you give it to the Godhead. Godhead, pun, uh, you know, basically say, you know, comes up and everything's happy and rosy. Um, the villain gets blasted into space by a rocket bird that you spoke to earlier. Um, so yeah, that's those are the two endings that I was aware of. There is a third ending. There is a third ending in this game. Uh, there's a sequence fairly near the start, actually, sort of in the second main area. Um, actually, very near the um, horrible car section that you described in detail earlier about despising. There's a hole and it says, do not jump down here. Oh, I jumped down that. Yeah, so it says, do not jump down here. If you jump down here, you will die. We're serious. If you if you click forward and you jump down the hole, Clayman will follow instructions, jumps in the hole, it then cuts to a long shot and you see him falling off the neverhood going... Into the abyss of space, which, if you go and read the law, is an is an abyss of space. There's nothing coming for him. There's no there's no salvation well, for him. You know, and he won't die because he's made of clay. 
Yeah, he dies. Uh, I, and I did do no, that. No, 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 no. Crucially, he doesn't die. The thing you need to... So, again, oh, one of the God. things that if you read all the lore, it does say is that Clayman is made of good clay, which lasts forever. So if you jump down the hole, you are going to fall through space for eternity. That's wow. one of the endings. That's almost as bad as having to walk backwards and forwards along the Hall of Records. <laughs> he should be used to it. It's kind of his existence. Yeah. Um, and then it just pops up with the end. And it counts as a legitimate ending because they then play the credits and the only way to get back into the game is to reload an old save file. Yeah. I mean, that's just something you can do. That's just something... That's what I mean by this game's sense of humour is really terrifyingly cruel in a way that I think that... I think they look at the end and go like, Badum tish, you know, oh, Bugs Bunny's shot Daffy Duck instead of Daffy Duck shooting Bugs Bunny. And I look at that and I'm like, that's an existential nightmare. That's like the basis of nightmares that people have. It it is, and I I don't know when you saw when I watched the documentary um, section that they insisted in including on the title page of the game, which <laughs> in, I've never seen. In... Which is really bad quality as oh, well. We should say this: it's Windows ninety five, so it goes into the tiniest postage stamp, and it's still grainy. And it, you, just looking at this group of people, you could tell that these are all like. Nerds who've been bullied and maybe want to do some bullying. Like, that's the impression <laughs> no, they, that they th- gave me. They think bullying's funny. Yeah, they've, they've, been, they've been sort of trained by years of being victims that that's, that's what you, you do. That's, what, that's how you get lost. Look, this is the thing. We've both been going back and forth and critiquing this. But the thing is, Ed, I've assigned you this game because I do... I kind of love this awful game. <laughs> I, I I totally see the charms of it. Like aesthetically, it is really. I mean, I, I'm not going to say it's always beautiful, but it is aesthetically, as you say, fascinating. It's very compelling. Mm. That even though it is a strange mixture of you know safe and childish, and also unheimlich and scary, that is an aesthetic that I'm not entirely against. You know, in my mm. in my normal tastes, um, I find a lot of the gameplay tedious. <laughs> yeah, um, I, yeah, that's the thing I can't defend even slightly about. Even replaying it, I was like, "Oh, these are some fun puzzles," and then the fun puzzles go away pretty quickly. There are like, I'm going to say, there's like three kind of. I mean, this isn't me remembering and, and listing them specifically. I'm just guessing yeah. about three fun puzzles. Um, a lot of them are, as I say, either very very simple that you could have done anyway at home, um, you know, with with some dominoes. Or they are basically like memory tests for people that have eidetic memories, uh, photographic memories, or have 37 hours to kill where they're happy to just walk around an enormous, slow-moving clay landscape, literally recording every detail. Yeah, more or less. And like part of the game's like, um, hmm, charms are wrong. Part of the game's like, expectations of you is that it's like you've got a pen and paper to hand right and you're making notes the whole way right because if you aren't boy have you made a mistake oh you're fucked if you're not making notes the entire way through then you are completely stumped and god knows what people did before camera phones because i had there were so many sections where it's like oh quick before that disappears take a picture of all of your tiles or all of the symbols in order. Also, you can do that. It won't save you because if you're not, you know, this is a game which has very, very little dialogue for most of it. And yeah, the music, another as, part as that makes said, it terrifying. The music is quite fun, but like as with any kind of boink, 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 like that kind of music is fun, 
but it loops. And it does, in a game yeah. that's as annoyingly difficult as this, <laughs> it loops a lot. So you would have to be some sort of, I'm going to say, near Amish monk to not listen to something else or have something on in the background while you trudge through this game. And if yeah, you do yeah, that, yeah, yeah. then you'll miss a completely unprovoked noise cue yeah. that is meant to tell you, ignore this clue, <laughs> or this logic puzzle logic doesn't make sense anymore. So you have to sit down with the music on, paying full rigid attention to every fucking <laughs> grain of clay in this landscape. You know how you said a prank relies on somebody else manipulating someone else's intelligence to make them the idiot? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what this has been for me. The Neverhood is a prank that I play by getting other people to play. I mean, I fell for it. I, I'm prepared to accept that this is a, that you've played I, right. a prank on me. No, but this it is sounds like you that's... actually want me to appreciate this game. I, I, oh, it's such a, right, so this is the thing. I've recommended this game to you kind of, in spite of the fact I know it's not a brilliant video game, but because it's so insanely unique. It's so it's so brazenly and un like there's no other video game I've ever played that comes even close to the atmosphere of the Neverhood. And the Neverhood taps into something, whether intentionally or not, that is like on another level of like it it it's so it's so unnerving. It's so bizarre, and it's so, like, it sits in my brain in a way that I can't I can't dislodge it. And it's not even necessarily something that I think the people making it intended. I think they I think, they think this game is a wacky cartoon, um, you know, uh, Tex Avery cartoon. I mean, uh, and it's not. It's uh, really, really not. This has the same, like, atmosphere and vibes of the kind of stop-motion animation that... Ardman had to stop doing because it was really scary. Well, again, this is why it kind of taps into some of that 90s stuff for me in terms of like kids want to be spooked a bit, you know, like Goosebumps yeah. or Trapdoor or even I'm going to say Earthworm Jim. Have you have you actually watched it when you were a kid? Did you watch Earthworm Jim? I haven't watched much of it. I have played um, Earthworm Jim 1 and 2. And again, I agree. Those games are un like bizarrely scary and obviously they come from the same creator so it's not too surprising but again i don't think doug to naple knows that what he is making is scary well i think that maybe he just it doesn't know it's scary but he's but scary is a shorthand for funny for him you know mm. like oh, ah, a giant bug lands on your head isn't that funny it was actually like well it's, it's funny in a kind of cruel and dark way <laughs> uh, it's not it's not your classic sort of setup and punchline necessarily but I mean yeah fine um there's there's I mean there's elements of that in Earthworm Jim definitely where you know like he has a dog sidekick but the dog turns into a terrifying monster mm, uh, yeah. under the right circumstance I can't remember what what, what its trigger is um, but there, and so the, you know there's definitely a similarity there. And I appreciate, yeah. I pre, I, you know, I like horror. I like um, expressionism. I like uh, I like that artistry. I like that aesthetic. Um, you know, I, I like some of that childish, stupid humour. And there's a certain amount of clowning with Clayman and some of the other characters, which is quite, um, you know, which, which I can appreciate. I think it's just, mm. if it was all that, I would recommend this game to people. But... As I, so I could almost recommend people watch a documentary about this 
I could yeah. if, if somebody were to like compile. The other thing, of course, is that this is like it's a it's a game in the sense that it's a series of puzzles put together. But really, mm. it's also a book in the sense that there's like there's you know you can literally go and read all of the Hall of Records as if it's a mini bible. There's there's, yeah. there's a site online where you can do that, and the the plot is basically there is no plot. You just wander around and you kind of complete that arguably you're trying to solve the mystery of and it's and it's a deeper question than perhaps than it perhaps it deserves as a credit you're kind of asking the question why do i exist why am i here why have i woken up in this room what's going on and and in a sense there's a good level of immersion in that regard because you the player also have no idea what's going on alongside clayman who's literally just been born and doesn't know what's going but, on he's a he pure innocent he's a pure innocent but he's a pure innocent so innocent that he doesn't give a crap about what's going on he has no sense of urgency um you know any any urgency that clayman might have seems to be completely dispelled by the fact that he just paces along with his sort of comfortable swinging arms gait. Yeah, that's um, true. He doesn't make any decisions. He, you know, which I know sounds like well, well that's an odd thing to say because you're in charge. You're the point and click. But like, even in the cutscenes, he's just he's just sort of like a a billiard ball. He's like a <laughs> character in a picaresque novel who just gets what? moved from pillar to post and and sort of like doesn't have any volition of his own. No, no. He, as a character, he really is purely blank slate. You know, there's yeah. no. If you were to ask me what, what I don't know, what his thoughts and feelings are, I couldn't, I couldn't tell. But that's that's the thing that I find again one of the things that makes this really unnerving. So if you play the game, there's a section where you go into a room and there's like a uh, essentially like a it's a box with a person's face in it, and it's like a parody of like a CCTV camera. It sort of follows you round as you walk around the room. Oh, and when you go into the in room, my head, he says that that guy in the CCTV camera looks exactly like how I imagine Stephen Merchant would have looked if they'd really done portal badly if he'd if his face had just been going hello there while he's like sticking out his head of the cctv yes, yeah. robot that's what it would look like but you, you come into the room and he goes hey clayman so he knows your name which is alarming because you only just exist and i don't really know how that works he goes hey clayman saying knock knock setting up a knock knock joke and Clayman just carries on with his day he doesn't answer him he doesn't doesn't bother and so i go oh clayman can't talk then at the end of the game, Clayman talks. Yeah. And I'm going, why, why, why didn't you talk to that guy earlier? Why didn't you talk to the first thing that you met that said like, hi, hi you know, knock knock, let's let's. And Clayman's like, nah. Yeah, I mean, he's totally blocking. It feels like there's there's a joke that's meant to happen there that just doesn't. I mean, it's literally a joke there that doesn't happen. Um, yes, but it's but it's more than that. It's more like. Clayman, you you are you are walking around a desolate world in the middle of nowhere. It's not that big a world either. That's the other thing that's scary about the Neverhood to me is that it's this like tiny world in a huge abyss of space. And it's like again, if you go read the law, yeah, that there is nothing for a very long time if you if you get knocked off like Clog does at the end. Um, and he's like, he, you're right. He's completely disinterested in his own existence, and the only impetus he has to do anything is you clicking on things. And it, and it, to be fair to him, whenever he tries to interact with the world, it just hurts him. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we've all been hurt. We've all. I mean, to be fair, he keeps on going. He he leaves the room. He does. Whereas the room initially just kicks him in the face. And yeah, it just, does. Oh well, no, I'm not going to play this game anymore. <laughs> but yeah, you just get eaten by a monster and then you get punched by a door, and it's like. 
<laughs> and that's like that's the way. That's the welcome to the world. Yeah. Like, no, it's. I don't know. Like I don't know whether to say. And oh, that's isn't that philosophically quite interesting? You know, on an existential. No, it's not intentional. Level, life is pain. It's not intentional at all. But, they think it's funny. No, that's and it. it is. And that's the thing. It is. It is really funny to me now, as someone who's played and finished the whole game. It's really funny to me the Neverhood because I'm like, this is so. It's just I I the mindset of the people who made this game, to me is like it, it's such an incredible insight into like what what a sadist think is entertainment. Yeah, I think I think it kind of is. It, that that's where that's the level of the humor. That's the level of the um of the of the kind of even even the thrust of the game. There's not really a. You know, you 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 restore balance to the universe, but what does that mean, really? Kind of nothing. Like there's there's a kind of very um, I'm going to say perfunctory celebration sequence at the end, mm, um, full of repeated animations. Yeah, full of like, full, come oh, on, yeah, guys. Two come people on. do a, a a kind of a dosi do, and then they do a dosi do again. And then they do a do do Yeah, yeah. And again, you're like, is this a budget? Do they think this is funny? Or is this a failure of development? Like, what? Yeah, it's it's truly odd. And and you almost feel like saying, what was the point? <laughs> was this worth <laughs> Like, the neighborhood gets filled with people at the end. It gets filled with, like, other claimants. And, like, you know, they... And as you say, they all sort of celebrate. And, like, the god, the god says, now we can goof off. And it turns out the goal of the whole game was to, like goof off get to the point where you can goof off yeah and you've been on like this terrifying epic quest and it's like your reward is that like you can just hang out now and there's a point where it's like but we could i could already hang out in this awful world (laughs) i could already well yeah exactly like if i wanted to i could ride the horrible little car along a cliff face forever (laughs) if i really wanted to that's your reward i could cover myself one by one in cockroaches if i really wanted to (laughs) i could make myself big and small and big and small in two rooms i could teleport between two places yeah it's just a bit but it's just it just feels a bit thin but, that's a, but, but Ed, how on earth can we say this game is thin when there is a backstory that is longer than the old man and the sea written on the walls? It... Some somehow they've constructed an entire universe, and then the bit you see doesn't really make any sense. No, I mean the thing is that, but that that background with all of the like, and you know, there's so many stories. There's the the, the blue yins versus the white yins. There, which is problematic. You never see them. Oh no, you never see them. There's, uh, there's, there's, you know, as well as the godhead that you know of, um, there are, I think, seven other like creator gods underneath, yes. underneath one big god, um, who you who's unknowable. Um, so it's it's a kind of they've created a huge cosmology, all of which is completely irrelevant. Oh, yeah, you never see any of it. There's one chapter in the Hall of Records that is actually relevant to the game, which is the story of Hoborg, which is like the the god of the Neverhood. Yeah. And if you read his story, you do actually get a backstory on why the Neverhood exists and how he made it. Yeah, but you get that from the microfiche. You get that from the little cassettes or, or, or yeah. floppy disks anyway. Um, you know, the, that background gives you a little bit of, of background they thought uh you know what's his name willie trombone and yeah into... willie trombone willie trombone isn't even made by the god of the neverhood he's made by a different god oh yeah it, t- it turns out basically made like four idiotic children one of which is willie trombone yeah truly stupid um you know comedy clown you know uh type i think yeah. it's but that that background you know it, again it feels quite 
thin. It feels like it's like very loosely structured, almost improvisational, and it doesn't feel like it's that. It feels like a napkin that's been stapled onto the clay, rather than like you know, it, you know, like when you when you read Tolkien or watch or watch Lord of the Rings, and you get a real sense of here's a man who invented five different languages and yes. created a huge backstory of law, and then has threaded history into that that affects the characters' current um, motivations, actions, and and failings, and you go, okay, fine. You know, I may not like high fantasy, but there, there's there's some there's a feeling of depth here. You might say it's too heavy. Mm. You might say this is a cake that is too stodgy and too rich and is yeah, like, it... can't be eaten. That is a is you know that's its own problem. The problem with this is it feels like that backstory is kind of third rate. It's been tacked <laughs> on. It's a it's a joke in its own right, I think. But as I say, not even a particularly funny one. Like it doesn't do with. It's not as good as Spike Milligan or, or you know, Terry Pratchett at sort of saying, here's an absurd creation myth. You know, it, you, you get the feeling they're trying to do that. But, mm. you know, I read it. I read the whole damn thing. Yeah, um, I, I showed you where you could. And I was thank like, you for that. There's, there's, yeah, yeah. Well, there's one, there's one... There's one gag in there I really, really like, which is there is a god who is created in the image of the king god, and because he assumes he is also that god, he makes a god in his image, who in turn makes a god in his image, and it just gets progressively worse as it goes down the line. And that to me is quite a, like, that's a funny gag. And then there's another wall where the joke is, hey, you know how in the Bible there's a section where they just list about who begat who? We're also going to do that, but with a wink. And it's like, no, it's still boring, though. It's still boring. And they, they introduce, like, silly names and, like, nonsense names and, and names that once you say, if you read them out loud, you know, are meant, are meant to, to mean something unexpected and, and to make you laugh. And it's like this, this level of wordplay is not handled very deftly and isn't very funny when you do it, um, which is, you know, I I appreciate them for trying. It's like, yeah, you're, you're having fun. I, I don't, I don't. I think it was an enormous waste of time. Well, no, it's an enormous waste of time, but like, I feel like, I feel it's, like it's a, it's, it's a group of uneasy friends who all assume that what it is to be funny is, just... is, is, is the same thing, but they don't actually laugh. They don't actually yeah. make each other laugh. They certainly don't make anyone else laugh. They're just doing it because they think they, that that's what you have to do. They make me laugh, but not not for the reasons they want me to laugh. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just... I just... The thing that I find remarkable is that the game is simultaneously... It's simultaneously a, like a labour of love. It's something they clearly really wanted to do. And there's so much, like superficial creativity on the surface like mm. it's done in claymation okay that is impressive uh they they do utilize the claymation as it were they they you know it's not um, yeah it's, it's not just it's not just a purely arbitrary aesthetic choice like it does you know there's a lot of um splatting and metamorpho metamorphosing and things like you yeah know, you lift up a, a there's a, a little mouse hole in the wall and you can lift it up and then it's a, a full portal you know very looney tunes style but yeah but they like, do use it but then but then what they don't do is they don't acknowledge any of the limitation of what they're doing at all so for example going around this world if you go through the same route the same events happen to you even if you've already done them and like they, 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 they've not thought about oh well what happens if you have to watch the same cutscene five times you can't even skip cutscenes in this game you can't even skip that 
to the next section. So it's like, brilliant, creative, wonderful idea. You've, you've not thought it through. They write an entire backstory that's over 20,000 words long about the creation of their universe, but the motivations of the character you're playing as don't really make sense, and like the ending of the game is completely rushed. Into some, like one of the worst parts about the ending of the game that I'm like, again you didn't think this through and the implications of this are horrifying is that uh, uh willy trombone and a big robot called robot bill who somehow become clayman's friend even though you meet them twice in the whole game and don't yeah. talk to them they get blasted off as well and so to like make clayman happy at the end because he's sad they're gone the god makes two new ones and that makes clayman happy even though making are, are two new ones space forever yeah yeah it doesn't solve the problem <laughs> no it's there's there's a few things like that that seem quite you you wonder whether they're making a point or whether it's just sort of rushed and and specious and superficial storytelling how on earth can we say this game is rushed though it was done in claymation like this is what makes this is what melts my brain about this game how on earth can you go into something as labor intensive as stop motion animation for a video game not even just like oh we're gonna make a 20 minute film which would already take you two years like they're doing it for a whole video game and they didn't even like think through the story of the game you were playing well I, or did they and they're just not very good <laughs> like, oh, yeah no that's it that's it's the only possible solution possible to say like they they thought that this was a they thought this was a rich universe with with well thought out characters and they love these characters you know that becomes very clear from the documentary yeah they love they love all eight lines of dialogue in this game like but they're not they're they're like they're placeholder characters and it's a placeholder storyline yeah and it's a stolen like it's a parody like the thing is if they if they'd created their own rich luscious universe you know, people might have done all kinds of fanfic. There may be all kinds of spin-offs. It might be, it might be even a recognised IP that people talk about today. But it isn't. It's just a basic like pastiche of some Old Testament stories. Um, yeah, and with, not, no not insight, with no original, well. no, no, no insight, original view no, on no it. No original perspective or twist on it whatsoever. Other than, other than a bit of sort of, you know, sort of schoolboy humour. Yeah. And so, like, this is ultimately now, I'm going to, like, so I've invited you on to play this game, but I feel like, I don't know, maybe it's just, maybe I'm just sharing this game so that I mean, I'm not alone in having it sitting in my head. Are you genuinely going to ask me, Lewis, is this the best video game I have I, ever right, played? Right. I'm, I'm, before I get to that, I'm going to I'm gonna try and make a, a, not exactly a defense, but an explanation as to why, why I wanted someone else to play this game. Uh-huh. I really think... The Neverhood is like I, I sort of. I sort of made the point at the start. The Neverhood is a game that it doesn't really make sense that it exists. It doesn't make sense that somebody would put this much, simultaneously this much effort, but also not follow through enough to make a game that is like visually. I think even though I was criticizing the animation earlier, even though I think some of the like visual elements are actually bizarrely lazy, which is so odd because so many other areas are so high effort and it's just like there's just a complete lack of attention paid (laughs) to some of the areas i I think aesthetically this game is uh like it sticks in my head and i kind of love it i one thing you mentioned earlier and you sort of blasé me through it aside and i was sort of going to build up to this point um the soundtrack's amazing 
I, you can go and listen to the soundtrack on like YouTube, Spotify, these things. It has been licensed out. The guy who writes it, Terry Scott Taylor, has like maintained the album as an album you can listen to. Uh, I love it. I think it's an incredible album. I think it's definitely the best thing about the game. I use the music from it all the time uh, whenever I'm like in an opportunity to like chuck in incidental music for things. I think it's great. I love, I love the album. And I think the album captures the spirit of what the game wishes it was. <laughs> It wishes it was this loopy, loony, bizarre, little bit unnerving, but not too scary kind of game. And then what what you end up with instead is this game that is like, it's like a childhood nightmare you can never forget. And to me, even though I wouldn't argue that's necessarily good, I would argue I really like the Neverhood, but not because it's good i would i am prepared to kind of i i say i know what you mean okay and there is something very affecting about it it is very striking it's unlike any other video game i've ever not only that i've ever played that i've ever seen or heard of and it is like a, a child's nightmare it's insidious it does burrow into you it's kind of feverish it's like a fever dream yeah. it's febrile it, it is confusing and disorienting and like a fever dream as well as it being a bit unnerving it's also tedious and repetitive <laughs> and the same things keep happening and you can't stop them from happening and there's a kind of nervousness to it and there's a there's a kind of again familiar unfamiliar thing where you're like mm. i've this i've been here before <laughs> and i've yeah. done this before yeah. and i why isn't this working and yeah, why isn't this working that's another amazing part of the game that's another thing that's so unsettling about the whole thing is you're like why does the door punch me <laughs> why does the mouse go in the same hole and come no, out of a different hole? the world hole? is why? treacherous and, why is and you don't connected? learn and you fall for the same trap. It's like anything. a recurring nightmare. Or like watching a horror film where you go up <laughs> the stairs and you say, don't go up the stairs in the same way that you say, don't walk into that room without looking at the hole in front of you. <laughs> but every single time you do. And yeah, it, why? I read the walls. I read all of the walls and I don't understand what's going no, on. You read all the walls and you're left even in an even more like brain <laughs> fever situation where you've had to absorb an awful lot of completely arbitrary made up bullshit and it does nothing it does not help you <laughs> it, it does not you give you guidance it does not lead you the way and you just you just stumble forwards in this kind of strange loop in this eeriness that's like at once kind of childhood cheery but also on the other hand quite like dark and and fetid and and sweaty and like and there is a sweaty quality to the clay and there's a sort of yeah. squelchiness to it that you know it's not all clean wipe clean play-doh type it's like it's quite horrible and slimy there's, and gritty there's a point at which you pull out a massive pin and this undoes a chain and then rather than that releasing something, it causes the land to come back together. Now, the, the, the physics geography of that is so... Again, that's that's a, like a dream sequence where it's like, yeah. you know, you know, when like your gran comes in and she's got a casserole dish in her hand. But what she says is the post has arrived. And you go, yeah, yeah, yeah gran, the post. And you, and it's like, no, those those two don't go together. Yeah, we all open the casserole. Oh, there's the post. You're like, that's no, that's not that's not how that works. Yeah, oh, you, the casserole's you, made of bugs. There's, it's yeah, there's, filling me up. There's an island that's floating in the distance. Right. And there's a kind of a chain. That's linking the two, and there's a pendulous chain, right? It sags down yeah, in the middle. It's slack. You'd think as well. that if you let go of the chain, the chain is what's keeping it near your island, and that it would float yeah. into space. 
But no, that's not what happened. It instead <laughs> collapses in, which makes you wonder, why didn't it collapse in before? Well, you know, yeah. why didn't this change as concertina? And again, that's, that's the sequence that they animated, and they animate it for ages. And then the se- the video itself of it happening takes forever. And it's stop motion animation, so it took even longer for them to make. And at no point did anybody go, well, that's not how chains work. Like, what is going yeah. on? No, there, there are so many things like that that, again, I don't know whether it's sort of deliberately meant to be sort of Alice in Wonderland, dream-worldy expressionist. It's, it's a kind of, you know, the unknowable reality of a world that doesn't make sense. Or whether it's just shoddy <laughs> like well, the, the, un- shod. the unknowable reality of a world that doesn't make sense is a really bad place to set a logic based video game well yeah for, for a point and click puzzle game also, yeah, it's in a world where things have to consistently make sense in order for you to understand what's going on sometimes things don't make sense and there's no reason to know why or how yeah i mean like i don't know whether they ever made a twin peaks the video game where you've got to solve completely bullshit puzzles that don't make any <laughs> sense and literally only work on a, a kind of primal, you know, subliminal level where there, you kind of have kind to of, use dream logic. There kind of is oh, a well, video game called... It's called Deadly Premonition. And it has a very similar vibe to The Neverhood in that it's very hard to tell what is intentional and what is... Th- and what is just they're not very good at making games. Now, what I'll argue, Lewis, is I'll see you that this is a striking video game and a unique video game. Uh, and, you know, I would even go so far as to say I find it in many places aesthetically pleasing video game. Yeah, definitely go listen to that full album. I really love it. I, I, you know, the music was good. What I will say is the music becomes tarnished when you have to do the same oh, three yeah. puzzles forever. You'll go... You'll go look at that album and you'll see a lot of the songs are barely over two minutes long. Yeah, and they and they repeat them. They don't just go they silent do. and they don't they don't move on to the next song in the album. If you're in no. the room where he's going, then you're going to hear him say for maybe uh, an hour until, yeah, you, until yeah. you solve the puzzle that cannot be solved. Oh, I know we're, we're getting up to like an hour and a half. I'm very sorry, but like it's a sequence. Where one of the puzzles, and you have to solve this puzzle, otherwise you cannot, you cannot proceed. You, you have to, you have to solve all the puzzles. There's no, there's no optional puzzle in this game. You have to solve all the puzzles. One of the puzzles is a mouse maze. Yeah, where the mouse maze. You can't see the fucking maze. You can just put the mouse in one of, I'm going to say, fifty holes, and yeah, there it is, is, no, it is exactly fifty. There's no rhyme or reason. You put the mouse back in the hole it came out of, and it doesn't go back to the hole it just came in through. It go, could go to any other hole. Now, actually, to be fair, Ed, that's not true. There is actually a way to solve this problem. The, it, this is actually a legitimate puzzle, but I understand if you don't understand how to solve it, it oh, is the most frustrating thing is, in the world. I, okay, allow me to say I didn't know how to solve it, and it was so blindingly, insanely infuriating, I, I cheated. But when, like, unlike the other puzzles that I cheated on where it was like, this is how you solve the puzzle in terms mm. of you need to be able to do this and this and this, fine with this one it was like just put it in hole one hole 15 hole three yeah hole 47 that's it and it's like okay fine then you know i'll I'll accept the arbitrary number path and just get the fuck out of here yeah yeah well obviously like again the game is expecting you to draw draw that diagram and then you go okay that hole goes to that hole 
and then that hole goes to that hole, and then that hole goes to that hole. Similar to the memory puzzle, which is actually in the same area. You're not supposed to get the memory puzzle right. What you're supposed to do is draw the same grid and go, right, that symbol is that symbol, that symbol is that symbol, that symbol is that symbol, and just write the whole thing down the and then solve it all in one go. a puzzle, that's admin. That's, that's like, <laughs> that, I hated it. Um, anyway, that, yeah. sorry. Yeah, I agree. So, is it, you know, okay, you haven't asked me the question because you, you don't even dare look, ask look, me I'm the gonna, question. Look, look, I'm going to... I'm going to ask you the question because it's the format. Ed, is The Neverhood the best video game you've never played? Well, Lewis, I suppose if you think about it, it's the only game on this series, I've listened to every Mm. episode, that I have played. Mm. Even the game that we made up, I... (laughs) You haven't played. (laughs) I haven't played. Um, Therefore, every other game in this series... Is a get is the best video game I haven't played, and therefore this cannot be the best video game I have ever played. It's um you know it's just it's just not very good <laughs> as a game. Oh well, yeah. Well, it's not. If um, if they put all the cut sequences together into like a five, and this is all it would be a five minute film for mm. kids. You could watch mm. that. You could watch that, and you, you'd, it wouldn't be, be like, very good, though. Oh no, it wouldn't be very good. But I think it would be more entertaining, or at least more forgivable, than all of that plodding around with impossible puzzles in a haunted it landscape would... that's either whistling death or a, j- a jingling jamboree that is like a ironic punishment where you think, oh, I'm now listening to some entertaining music, <laughs> and then it's like, oh, you're like donuts, eh? Why not have all those donuts? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Even even the bits of the game that are good become a cruel prank. Yeah. Um, but this is the thing. I look. I've I've discussed it with you. I don't disagree with anything you've said at all. <laughs> I completely agree with everything you've said. I have also leveled a huge amount of criticism against it throughout this podcast. I I think it's there's so many problems with it. It's a really as a game, it's awful. Um, I, hate I still you, love Lewis. it. I, I hate still, you. Why I have you done completely... this to us? Why have you done this to us? I love it. I Your love this game. Your poor viewers. Why have they had to? <laughs> I can't look, and I'm not alone. I'm not alone in liking this game. There's loads. Like when it came out, it, it, well, actually, to be fair, when it came out, it got the most mixed. There's one review I read, which basically is similar to you explaining the Hall of Records, where it's a guy just saying, "I had to click through all these screens, and the game seems to think this was funny." And I didn't. And at no point did the humour get better. Um, he gave it like 24%. Like, and that's amazing because they made the whole game out of clay. They put in the most effort. Yeah. For its time, this was like the best looking game you could possibly make because it was like a real world thing, as it were. There's no like, you know, there's no amount of resolution bump you could do to it that it, would change it, what it is. You know, for what it was at the time, it's a whole interactive world that they built and sculpted and that you can move your character around in. In some ways, it's it's astonishing. But is it yeah, fun? Yeah, yeah. No, but that's the thing. It's 
it's astonishing. It's incredible. It's a huge amount of effort. It's really, it it sucks. It completely sucks. They spent so much, they spent so much time and money, and it was the debut game of DreamWorks, and like Spielberg had backed it, and they'd gone and got this guy Doug Tenable who'd done Earthworm Jim, and it was like his creative vision and his idea for the big thing, and it's like here comes the Neverhood. It's gonna, you know, it's gonna blow your socks off. You've never seen a game that looks this good. It's like to this day, making a game out of like clay stop motion animation is still insanely impressive. They actually uh there's a spiritual successor to this game called armor Krog, which is even worse than the neverhood oh God. um and like uh it, it, it i love i love it i love but not i don't love it for what it wants me to love it i just think it's incredible that it exists it's incredible that it exists. i love this game in the same way that i love the super mario brothers film i can't believe that film exists it makes no sense. And you watch the Super Mario Brothers film, just as a tangent to sort of draw the comparison. You watch the Super Mario Brothers film. It's not a low-effort film. It's not badly made in terms of like, oh, they just didn't try. They built an insane set. There's big, triple, like, huge name actors in this film. There's so much money. The, the, the amount of money it cost to make was enormous. And it completely sucks. <laughs> And that's how I feel about the Neverhood, and I, I, and that's why I will love it. That's why I kind of want to preserve this awful, terrible oh, game. The but Neverhood. I really hope the cre- yeah, I really monument? hope the creator makes nothing again. I really hope the creator completely falls off a cliff and just goes get a normal admin job where he can express his hateful views to ten Twitter followers. I don't want the, I don't want this game to succeed, but I also want to never forget its existence, and I want to make sure I have a copy somewhere on my computer so I can go. You won't believe this dumb awful game exists and i love it it is truly a colossal monument to man's effort over man's capacity to make something (laughs) actually enjoyable that's exactly it that's the perfect summary that's the we should on the box it should say it should say have a little a little poor quote that says that says this awful game was worth nobody's time But it's like Ozymandias. It's like, let this be a lesson to you. <laughs> but it's the thing, Ed, is if it was for this podcast, if it was me putting it on, I would put, this awful game deserves nobody's time. Five stars. Uh. Like, that's... <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks very much for coming on. Well, thank you um, for having me. I'm not in the least bit sorry I shared the Neverhood with you. I'm... I'm... <laughs> I'm delighted I, I've talked to you about it. This podcast alone was an absolute joy to record with you. And um, uh, I really hope at some point in your life you can also waste somebody else's time with the Neverhood. I feel like I feel like it's one of those chain mail things. I need to pass this on to somebody else. I need to pass the curse on. I can't be the last person tricked into playing this shit game. I need to find somebody else <laughs> and foist this onto them so that I can finally be part- free of the monkey's bollocks. The worst part is it's not even an easy thing to do. No, it's, it's so I put hard so to much fucking effort into downloading this and the patches for this <laughs> and Scrum VM so that I could get this to work properly because yeah, it's, and this is the it thing. runs off a fucking gerbil in a hamster wheel. <laughs> it's fucking. And this is the thing, and they're never going to re-release this game. They're never, even though it has a cult fan base, even though there are people who might have sought this podcast out because they're looking for content about the Neverhood, it will be furious at me for saying that how that I. I hate it, but I love it. Um, they will be so angry that I've just leveled this much like criticism against this thing, even though I'm in those communities, even though I'm in those subreddits. Yeah. Um, but like, they're never going to re-release it. They're never going to remake it yeah, because part of 
part of the amount of money that they didn't spend on this game includes filming it on really crap cameras. So they can't improve the video quality. They can't make an HD version of the game because the quality of this game is what it is forever. It's trapped at looking this shit. <laughs> And, and as like, discussed, it doesn't deserve it. It doesn't deserve it, either as a, as a game or indeed for the, for the creator's sake. It, it is, it's a kind of, it's a testament to itself. It's a monument. It's a historical curiosity. It's a interesting example. It's like, what, it's like going and watching somebody who's not very good at arts, art project or a monologue by somebody who's mm-hmm. a very good dramaturg. But you kind of say, this is interesting in itself, you know, but... <laughs> Is is it canonical? Is it is it going into the great canon of of Western art? Fuck no, but it's, absolutely but it's not, not. But it's not boring, like not in the sense of like you are going to remember this. Like it's going to see, it's going as you say with that ice idea that you're going to see a play that someone's put on, and you can't you can't believe how much money and effort they've put into it, even though it's just shit. <laughs> I think I think you're, you know what? I was about to query the word boring, but I will say it is tedious but not boring that's what i would say that is exactly it that is exactly what it is it's a fringe show that you will tell everybody you saw forever yeah it's is yeah it's it's that it's that bad stand-up who actually didn't write a full set of material let alone try it before they went to the fringe and they deliver it it's not funny but it is truly entertaining it is boring. 20 minutes on soap without a single laugh in it. And you're like, I can't believe you think this is something you should have told me. But I will tell somebody else to watch it tomorrow. Like, yeah. If only so that I'm not the last person tricked into watching this. And as I've as we've learned from recording this, it is so much fun to talk about, even though it is not much fun to experience. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I'll, I'll be telling people about this game in years to come when other topics of conversation die down <laughs> and we and we move on to the the you know the conversation topic of crap things that i have known done, done anything shit lately yeah. well <laughs> seen any mediocre films or all right well thanks for coming back on it uh, thank you for having me it has been a pleasure i've got nothing to add stay safe <laughs>